welcome to Design Untangled. Today I'm really, really excited to be here with two amazing Googlers. So Aggie and Sophie. Uh, Sophia. Or Sophie. Sophia. Sophia. From yeah. Portugal. From Portugal. Because everyone here in, the, in this country, they shorten their name, so I thought maybe you'd do it. So Sophia, um, we're here to talk about something amazing that Google is doing at the moment called I Am Remarkable. Um, and we're going to explain a little bit uh, what that means. But before we start, I would just like you know, you guys to introduce yourselves, like what do you do here at Google, how long have you been here, and how you got involved in this amazing initiative. Oh gosh, okay. I'm Aggie, I'm originally from Canada. Um, I've been at Google for three years, and I got involved in I Am Remarkable about six months ago. I just heard about it, I think, through one of our internal kind of career weeks, and I loved the message behind it. I loved what it was about. And so I went to a workshop myself and then instantly wanted to become a facilitator. So it was pretty quick. That's it's love at first sight for me. Yeah, yeah that's really good. And, um, and this is Sophia. So I've been at Google for too long, almost like eight years uh, in several offices. So Lisbon, London, New York, then back to London and always in client-facing roles. On my second maternity leave, which happened last year, I went through a journey of looking for purpose and I was like, mm, becoming a mother, the opportunity cost of going into work is so much higher when you have babies at home. I'd love to be some, to do something a bit more purposeful than just ad sales. And I took this course called Step Up Your Career. And there they mentioned I Am Remarkable. They were like, oh, did you hear about this initiative that Google is running called I Am Remarkable? And I was like, no, I haven't. And then I went home, researched about it. And then luckily when I came back from mad leave, they were hiring for the first full-time employee to be involved to help grow the program. It was written in the stars. Uh, and I applied for it, and I had never even attended a workshop or facilitated oh. a workshop, uh, but I am just so passionate about what it's trying to do that it's now my full-time job. So now I skip into work knowing that I'm being paid to grow something that's really purposeful. Oh, so I'm very amazing. happy. So Sophie, I think maybe you're the best person to explain to us what, what it is. What is I Am Remarkable? Sure. So at Google, there's this culture of 20% uh, projects. I think Google is a firm believer that to stretch yourself, you can dedicate one day a week to doing something out of your core role. I think that's phenomenal. And so the two founders, it was this lady called Anna and another one who's left Google, they did this as a 20% on Fridays. They, they, they essentially attended a, a course that brought them the idea that it was very hard for women and underrepresented minorities to practice the art of self-promotion. Why is it that we, the, the, these groups of people, struggle to stand up and say why we are brilliant or why we deserve to be promotion, promoted or why we deserve um, a pay rise. And they're like, mm, maybe this is a larger issue that we should tackle. And they did all the literature review and all the research and said, what if we tried to do a workshop about it? And they launched a 90-minute workshop, uh, which we recommend 10 to 20 people attend, and where you go through the research on the stats, and the stats are, they're mind-boggling, bogg and there, there are lots of them. So, for example, why do men apply for a role when they see that they fulfill 60% of the criteria, whereas women only apply if they fulfill 100% of the criteria? Mm -hmm. And stuff like that, there, we, we have lots that we can share. And they, you go through the research, and then you go through the practice of standing up and saying why it is that you are remarkable, on a personal perspective and on a professional perspective. And the idea is that you exercise it like a muscle. So it, at the start, it's hard. You're like, why am I remarkable? I have nothing to share. 
And then when you start opening up, you you realize that you do have a lot more to share and that brings you your confidence levels. And that's, that's really good. Oops. And so, then, okay, you've been facilitating these workshops for a while, right? So you've mm, actually been mm, through the journey of people yeah. going through the activities. So what do you think is the even the best part or the part where, and I actually attended one of your workshops, so mm-hmm. um, where people, like, you see really the value of, of this initiative? Oh, that's a good question. I think um, I think people are quite shocked about how how afraid they are to shout about their achievements and only when you kind of force them to flex the muscle, which is how the, I guess maybe without giving too much away in, in sort of what's expected towards the end of the workshop in case anyone listening wants to do it. Um, you are quite challenged and I think facilitating, it's been interesting to see how how much people a get emotional mm-hmm. when they start talking about how mm-hmm. remarkable they are, and we and we encourage them to talk about not only kind of work achievements, but some people have said, you know, I'm remarkable because I dealt with infertility and now I'm pregnant, or I'm remarkable because I have a family member who's terminally ill and I've gone through that, and they forget that these things are actually very remarkable traits. Mm-hmm. Like you're a survivor of something, or you've achieved something, you know, outside of work. And when they talk about it out loud, it's, you know, it's, it's emotional. Um, and so when I first did it, I, I experienced that. And then, and then seeing it has been quite rewarding as well. So that's been surprising. The other thing that's been surprising is just the cold hard facts mm-hmm. about how women specifically don't feel like they can shout about their achievements as much as maybe men um, which is what the research tells us. Yeah. So that those have been the two things. One of the things that struck me when I was in your workshop was that the data around women being harsher to women. Mm-hmm. Yes. Actually yeah. That one always, the top, yeah. That one always comes up in the workshop. So this, the stat is um, women and men don't like women who self-promote. Mm-hmm. So it's not even just women don't like men. You know, when men self-promote it's just viewed a lot more favorably or people kind of kind of expect it. But whereas women and men react when women self-promote, which which is really sad. And I think, you know, subconsciously a lot of women know that and maybe that's why they don't do it as much. Um, but yeah, I agree. I found I found that that step particularly hard because it hmm. we should be empowering each other as women. I know. It's, it was re- I was really surprised about that. Yeah. yeah. To be honest. Yeah. It's quite sad. And actually, we get a lot of feedbacks of people. We've, the, the, we did 20,000 workshops in 2018. So we're talking about people within Google and outside Google because this is open to everyone. So we get emails from people we don't know who said, oh, my goodness, I attended the workshop. Thank you so much. This has changed my life. I've applied for a promo since and got the yeah, job. Yeah. And uh, and we get those, those, those stats. But also one of them I remember we got was I've since become much more aware at self-promoting others. Like yeah. it's not only my mm-hmm. route to promotion or my route to the next level. It's becoming aware of why, why, why was I not so supportive of my colleague running for a promo or that. And we really want to bring awareness yeah. to that. Yeah. As you've been facilitating all this watching, yeah. is it only for women or is it also to everyone who it's, actually struggles with self-promotion? I think, and I'll let Sophia jump in at some stage, but I think <laughs> I think um, it was designed originally for women. I think it's evolved a lot. I think it's now for women and also people who feel like they're a part of underrepresented groups. Mm-hmm. So um, we have an a organization within Google called the Gaglers, which is the... the um, 
LGBTQ community. Um, and I ran a workshop for them. And obviously that was mixed, mixed gender. Um, and that focused around the struggles that they felt just being accepted for who they are and their sexual preference. And the literature still applied. It was still relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, so absolutely, no, it's not just for women. It's for anyone who feels like they need support in sort of shouting about, not shouting, maybe that's too aggressive, just talking about mm-hmm. their achievements and, and, and feeling like they need support in that area, yeah. Yeah, I also think more, yes, it definitely, like I said, started as a women initiative and it's evolved from that. We have more and more mixed uh, workshops, not just sort of specific minorities like what you were talking about, Gaglers, LGBTQ, but just norm- anyone really can invite it to attend, male and female. We've also been running co-facilitating, a male and a female facilitators to, to have mm-hmm. the audience relate to both. And the feedback that we get is, even though you might not be an obvious minority, you might have been in a position of a minority at one point. So you might be a sort of the typical straight, white, male, English, like, you know, something quite common in your reality. But as soon as you're located to another office or another context, Mm -hmm. you become a minority and then you might relate. Mm -hmm. So there's that angle, but there's also the angle of bringing awareness. So, okay, you might not be a minority at all, but coming to the workshop will give you awareness of stuff that you might never have felt. but either the people in your team might feel or your peers or your superiors so just bringing awareness to that if you're a manager or just interacting with other people is is extremely important and I think um, some of the language that's challenged in these workshops so you know often strong uh, women who are in leadership positions the language that's used is words like bossy Mm -hmm. or demanding um I was in a workshop with a woman one time that said that her husband and his friends regularly talk about their female manager as the witch. Oh, God. And she asked him to kind of elaborate, and he was just like, well, you know, she's just really bossy, and she's just all over us. Whereas if you think about a man in that position, like, you wouldn't really call him, I don't know what the male equivalent (laughs) would but you know what I mean? You would probably say, oh, he's particularly demanding, or he's really sort of strict, or whatever. So... You know, there's an importance in terms of, you know, if a man can't take advantage of the shouting about the achievements element of the workshop, it's definitely around the awareness of, hey, women who are strong leaders are not witches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they're, they're just trying to get their voices heard. And you know what? It is harder for women to get their voices heard. So sometimes they do feel like they need to speak louder and um, maybe in some ways a little bit more aggressively to, to get their message heard. So I think, like Sophia said, just getting the awareness to to, uh, to to males maybe in privileged positions just to kind of understand where, where these yeah. women are coming from, I think is important. So I do think, uh, I mean, personally, I think that when you start growing in your career um, and you're in industries like the design industry or the MarTech industry where it's like heavily not, not uh, dominated by men, mm-hmm. um, I find it sometimes a bit sad that women who get to those positions, kind of start losing their femininity. And they start like adopting these behaviors mm-hmm. um, and being more aggressive and stuff like that. So um, it's surprising that, you know, even the similar like personality traits could be uh, perceived so differently from between men and women, right? Yeah. And if you, if you look into the research, there's a real primal thing that is, there's a reason for that, you know. So 
deviating from social norms and when we used to come from a time you know of caveman era Mm -hmm. where women kind of worked in tribes and they supported each other and anyone who was seen to sort of adopt more male characteristics of going out to hunt or being you know it was all of a sudden like well you're not being womanly Mm -hmm. yeah and so maybe a lot of women feel like once they do get successfully into leadership positions they all of a sudden feel have like to they hide need to, traits. Yeah, they yeah. need to hide their nurturing, sort of motherly, or... Can't cry in the office. Yeah, like Don't exactly. let people see your weak side, your vulnerable side. Exactly, and it's like, we women are women, and yeah, maybe sometimes we do have a tendency to become more emotional or whatever. You don't really need to veer too much away from who you are to be strong and good at your job and and to be able to be leaders but I do think that a lot of women yeah they do feel that pressure to adopt this persona Mm -hmm. in order to be respected amongst their colleagues Mm -hmm. and hopefully that's something that will change over time I think you could definitely be both yeah you know so how was the process for you to become a facilitator um so I think the process is a tiny bit different internally and externally or maybe it's not actually I think um so I just signed up to be a facilitator and I attended a training Mm -hmm. so the training is really important because you have to understand how to run the workshops but also really understand the research behind it because you'll you'll find you'll get people in these workshops who really question the research and Mm -hmm. say well I don't really agree with this or you know I, I had a woman in a workshop say, well, I always support women when they shout about their achievements. I don't really agree that women don't support women. And it's like, well, this is you and you're not the norm. And, you know, this is kind of what the research tells us. So it was it was signing up to that um, a facilitator training, understanding um, what the research was, where it came from. Um, I would definitely recommend... You know, externally, if you're interested in, in applying to, to follow the links on the I Am Remarkable website. And then I would really recommend shadowing a couple before you kind of take it on yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's interesting to see how people... The, the materials and the slides are just pictures. Mm-hmm. You know, there's very limited sort of writing and that's done on purpose so people can... You know, spark debate. Spark debate and conversation. So understanding how to run it and watching people do is really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. So you now, Sophia, got a full-time job growing this, which I think is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's something that, you know, is is to be admired by Google to do that. Um, so what's your, like, purpose? Like, what are your goals? And how can everyone get involved in AM Remarkable? Like, from outside of uh, Google as well? Yeah, so certainly this is something that uh, started, as, a, as we said, as an internal initiative and now is open to everyone in the public, regardless of gender, career, location. Like it's a global workshop that's free to attend and open to everyone. How we do it is we have someone here in London who is responsible for doing all the external facilitator training so as soon as you express interest you contact us through our website and you are contacted by this person who runs the external workshops and you you sign up for the next available date and you do it it's over gvc through google hangouts and it's normally 90 minutes as well and after that you can facilitate your own workshops either and we see what, what we see is people doing either out of pure personal interest because they want to they they relate to the content and they sort of go I want to progress in my career or others who go ooh I work at Sainsbury's and I want to take this internally and they they become facilitators and then they roll it out within their company mm-hmm. 
or they are sort of um, self-starters and they want to sort of start running these workshops by themselves. So there's all types of profiles of people who attend. And this, I'm thinking with the corporate thing in mind, we are also now trying to go to schools and go to universities and reach people before they've reached the career progression ladder per that se. Is really good. Like next week we're talking to the um, we're going to this underprivileged school to talk to girls who are 7 to 11 years old, uninterested in studies, they're sort of having bad grades and um, because it's underprivileged, it's sort of sometimes you lose the right to fight, you lose the will to fight. And we're going to do I'm Remarkable there in a different setting, of course, because it's 200 students. But mm-hmm. we want to start reaching people at a younger age so that we don't come to work already with these society vices biases, and yeah. biases. And we sort of, we kill that, not kill, yeah, but kill it at a young age. Kill it at a young yeah. age. That's the yeah. idea. That's actually really so yeah, we're trying to think beyond just the corporate world and going reaching people younger. And I've recently read the Michelle Obama biography. I don't know if you've read it, but it's all about... Oh, no, this was a huge part of what she was trying to do when she was a first lady, like going to schools. And she said, like, minorities look at me and think, wow, she got there, sort of, but I'll never be able to do that. How was she at Princeton University? And she would spend a lot of her time going to use schools and universities, just saying everyone can make it to anywhere. Like you got to believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. And there was even one of the the schools she visited where they had had an average of C grade C um, grades mm-hmm. historically. Mm-hmm. And just because of the confidence boost that they got with Michelle Obama visiting and suddenly saying like, no, anyone who studies and gets good grades and you can make it, their grades went to an average B or A. Wow. It was like really turn around, just giving that motivation boost that you know you have reasons to fight for and you can equal opportunities for everyone yeah have you seen like have you seen a specific like um results or feedback from people um just like really you know taking this on and like basically just how do you measure that you are existing yeah it's a bit difficult i guess to measure because you know, we get a lot of feedback. There's there's a survey sort of at the end uh, that people can do to talk about, you know, how they rated the workshop and the experience. Um, but some specific, actually, from 2018, some results that we got. Um, 69% of participants in the workshops started to pursue a promotion within three months, which is wow. pretty incredible. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, yeah. And then... Um, 72% felt they were more comfortable speaking about their accomplishments. And out of the surveys, 95% would recommend it. So, and that that's, you know, in a very young program, that's pretty incredible. Um, so, yeah, we get, we get a bit of kind of feedback from, you know, people just coming up to you at the end and saying, this was really helpful and I haven't thought about it this way. But then the numbers, uh, the numbers are pretty great as well. Something I remember from the workshop and I, every time I'm, thinking about self-promoting is the you know it's not bragging yes it's facts. Some facts. yeah so it's like I always kind of think about it first like actually it's fact it's true what I'm gonna say is true but then you feel that it's just just, just bragging it's so weird isn't it because I tried to use the example in one of my workshops around you know if you were to if you had a friend ring you in the morning and you had just run a 10k and it was your best time ever you know, it's it's not that uncommon to kind of drop them to be like, oh, you know, what have you been doing this morning? Oh, I just went for a 10K and guess what? You know, it was the best time I did. I was so ha- I'm so happy. And like, you wouldn't expect your friend to then be like, why are you bragging about your running? Mm-hmm. But when you take that same thing to work accomplishments, 
people are so afraid to say that because they're like, well, I'm bragging, but it's not bragging if it's based on facts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that the, the program tries to preach is that it's really not bragging if it's based on facts. But people have a really hard time with that one. They re- We sit on that slide in the workshop for yeah. a good while. Yeah. 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 yeah, personally, the hardest one was the, the more job-related ones. I think the ones that, you know, when you want to talk about your achievements in life, mm-hmm. I, I found it personally easier mm-hmm. that uh, talking about my achievements in, at work. Um, especially but you know why? Work. Sorry not to kind of <laughs> interrupt. Into, but again, and Sophia can probably back me in the, in the research, is that women in reviews tend to use the word we and men use the word I. Now, I will say that there is there are times when it's appropriate to use we and times when it's important to use I. And I don't think that you should be all about I did this and I did this. But I think women really struggle to ever use the word I. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not surprised by that, you know, saying that you find it hard because women tend to be like, well, it was actually kind of more of a collaborative mm-hmm. team effort. And yeah, maybe I drove it a little bit. But actually, in the end, everyone pulled together. Whereas men are like, I found a problem. Mm-hmm. I found a solution. I got the people that I needed mm-hmm. uh, to help me with this. This is what we achieved. And yeah, maybe we did as a team. But like, really, I kind of set it up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that's that's really interesting, don't you think? I don't yeah, know. it is yeah. true. It's definitely not how it happens to me. I always say we. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's really good. Well, um, I think, well, this is an amazing initiative. And just to kind of clarify to everyone in who is listening, um, they just need to go to a website. Um, they just Google I Am Remarkable, basically, and find it. Hopefully, they'll find the website like <laughs> that. Uh, but if not, we can no, share it. Yeah, there's an I Am Remarkable website. And then I think... Yeah, it's iamremarkable.withgoogle.com. Yeah. Okay. And there, you can read about it. You can read testimonials. Uh, we're actually about to launch the new version of the website next week so that's oh, very right. exciting because yeah. with uh, International Women's Day there's lots of workshops going on and there's a huge buzz around this and there you can register to become a facilitator and it's free it's open to all everyone is welcome and, the, and, and is this a, a global initiative because a lot of yes. our audience are actually based in the US yes we do US friendly hour facilita- uh, facilitating sessions as well sort of workshops so I think those are com- currently Monday evenings those are the US friendly hours and I think we run two or three a week it depends a bit on the flow and number of people that sign up but uh, there's definitely sort of demand and it's growing and we're very excited about the plans for 2019 great I think it just to wrap up, and sorry if I put you on the spot, but if you were to um, give advice to someone young who started in a design or marketing or overall like creative or digital career, what would be the one or two advice that you would give them to become a bit more confident about themselves? So if they're trying to go into a new job? Yes. Apply. <laughs> apply for the job because... <laughs> I'm going to bring out another fact. Um, (laughs) Women tend to uh, apply for jobs once they feel they have 100% of the requirements, whereas men uh, apply when they feel they have 60%. Um, Learning on the job is common. We all have to do it. You're all, you know, you can't be expected to know everything. So if you're new into your career, take a leap of faith. Don't hold back because you feel you're not ready. Uh, everyone in some way feels that way. Uh, really believe in yourself and your ability to grow and adapt. Uh, you're women. You're remarkable. And men listening, you're remarkable too. Um, 
and just go for it. You know, just 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 try and make sure to uh, to give yourself more credit than you normally would. That'd be my advice. Uh, my advice. I think it would be sort of spend time thinking about the things you enjoy doing, the things you don't enjoy doing, and also spend time with, if you're interested in perhaps pursuing a career in creative or tech or marketing or whatever it is, try to talk to as many people in that industry as possible and learn and just be proactive about discovering and finding. Because I think the more we know what we want, the more confidence we will bring to the table when we're in a situation that's decision-making for that. If you're applying for a role, if you've done your homework, chatted to people in the industry, figured out what you'll be good at, what you won't be good at, I think people breathe that in a, in a meeting, in an interview. And And, and I think that can only be helpful. And also, yes, believe in yourself. Read the Michelle Obama biography. I have yeah. never read a book that had made me cry and also feel so confident in the same sort of chapter. It's really about looking within and having that strength from inside, not, not relying on advocates, not relying on someone else to do the promotion for you. It's good to have mentors and people who will promote you. It's amazing. It's actually sort of free marketing for ourselves but we can't rely on them they won't always be there and so we have to rely on ourselves and find those tools within us yeah. that is amazing <laughs> thank you so much guys again for for this time and um i'll you know i'll see you ne next time perfect thank you <laughs> thank you search and subscribe to design untangled using your favorite podcast app and leave us a review follow us on the web at designuntangled.co.uk or on Twitter at Design Untangled. Become a better designer with online mentoring at uxmentor.me.